a todos. Good morning. We are so happy to be with you this morning. Thank you. Thank you so much for your prayers, for your support, the world in Argentina. Thank you so much. God bless you. Amen. Thank you, Dai. Amen. Thank you, sweetie. Praise the Lord. Amen. It is joy, uh, as Dai has mentioned, to be here this morning at Grace Assembly. Thank you so much, uh, Pastor Doug, and the congregation for your prayers, your missions team, Brother Hill, and working with the ministry of helping. And, and so after the first service, met several of you that had, had said, we've been praying for you since when you went out uh, in 1986 as a missionary to Argentina. So don't, don't stop praying. Don't stop praying. Keep praying for Argentina. Keep praying. I say, don't cry for Argentina. Pray for Argentina. <laughs> So you can pray for Argentina, pray for us, the work that the Lord is doing there. Um, and it, was, it, is, it is great to meet you uh, and uh, many friends here this morning, the Durst, the, the Franks, and McLaughlin's. Great to, great to be with the, the family of the Lord. And you know, you know like, it takes a village, like, you remember that, that but it takes uh, the kingdom of God. We are all a part of his kingdom, every one of us. And I like what William Carey said, I'll go down to the win the people of India if you'll hold on to the rope. And I want to just say thank you for holding on to the rope, for you, not only for us as missionaries in Argentina, for every one of your mis missionaries that are serving. Because, you know, missions is not something we do, it's who we are. It's not just some like, well, this is like the missions department or this is the group. The missio day or the mission of God is to what? Go into all the world and make disciples of every nation. So you're making disciples here in Syracuse, and we're making disciples in Argentina. And, and, and the, the command of Jesus was very clear. It doesn't say a lot of things we do are wonderful things we do, but the end goal is to make disciples for Jesus. That's your purpose. That's my purpose, is to make disciples of all the nations, and that all would come to know him. And that's what we have been doing in Argentina through church planting, going in and starting new church faith communities and seeing those communities 16 years in, in the northern part of Argentina. And you all know where Argentina is, right? You know, sometimes I say, you know, that is, it's in South Africa, right? And I, no, it's not in South Africa. It's South America. And it's the Cone Park. If you look at uh, any ice cream lovers here, you know, if you look at the Cone Park. And the Cone Park on the western part is all of Argentina. It's about the size of the U.S., east of the Mississippi River. 45 million people in the country of Argentina. And less than 10% born-again believers. So do we still have a job? We have a job of reaching 40 million people in the country of Argentina. They're, you know, and they, uh, those that, you know, they talk about the unsaved, the unreached, and those who have never been reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's, and, but the job is to go into all the world, which is Syracuse, you know, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the world. And, and that's our mission. That's your mission. That's my mission. That's the mission of the church, the church of Jesus Christ. And he has a purpose for us, and we, are, we have been grateful to the Lord, serving and opening churches and starting those communities and seeing what the Lord has blessed. And some of the churches we started uh, years ago have, have planted uh, like five or six other churches. So the seed just keeps multiplying, and, and uh, who knows? We are all going to receive a reward in heaven. Those that prayed, those that gave, those that went, 
And, and that's the joy that we have of serving together uh, in the work of the Lord. And, and uh, we, are, we are so grateful for, for the part that the Lord has given to us. And now for the last nine years in Buenos Aires, uh, we planted a church there in the city of San Isidro. We'll tell you a little bit more about San Isidro. And our prayer is to reach that community uh, for Jesus. Reach that community. of Saint, We have 300,000 people in our community. And some people ask you, how many people in your church? I said 300,000 people. Well, they're not all inside our church. But there's 300,000 people that our, our prayer is to reach. And this morning, our church is celebrating nine years. Nine years ago, we started that. The church there in San Isidro, and they're having their anniversary. And on every anniversary, which are really big, you know, in the States, it's always just the big numbers. But in Argentina, every year they celebrate their anniversary, and we turn it around, and we make it a missions convention. So we have a missionary from Africa that's, uh, that is sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. They're going to Tanzania, Tanzania, they're to preach the gospel of Jesus. And one of, met one of our brothers here this morning from your church that is from there, and they have been serving there in Mali are now going there. So isn't it wonderful that the kingdom of God is all is a big community? And that we have all the privilege of leading people to know Jesus. So making disciples in the world. So pray for Argentina. And so on the missions convention this morning, they're going to be taking faith promises. And it was amazing how the Lord is blessed there. Because I say, you know, missions isn't just a U.S. thing. It's a God thing, right? And so we're all a part of that, of bringing the gospel. But it is really a joy. I want to share with you something from the word of the Lord, and we'll tell you a little bit more about what's taking place in Argentina. Would you open your copy of God's word to Revelation? Revelation chapter 1. And Revelation chapter 1 and verse number 4 says this. Revelation. And we're going we're gonna to make a quick look overview of, of several of the churches in, in the book of Revelation. So you're going to hold on to your seat. Our sister that is doing the translating, she's going to have a, a wonderful time, you know, keeping up with this preacher. But you listen for it. We'll hold on to our fast. And if you know what, if you're here this morning and you know what, you say, somebody, they just dragged me to this place this morning. I don't even know why I'm here. I want you to know that you are in the place that God wants you to be here this morning. You're in God's house, and the Holy Spirit's going to touch your heart. Do you believe that? So, and however we've come here this morning, or whatever, whatever walks, or whatever, let's believe God that the Holy Spirit's going to touch your life, and that we're going to leave here changed. How many want to be changed? How many need, we need to be changed, don't we? We need a transformation. Some of them, we're walking the Lord. We need to be walking different. Some of us don't never have started a walk with Jesus. Well, he'll start that walk with him, and we can know him as our Savior. But I want to read this passage of Scripture, and we're going to quickly pray. John chapter 1, verse number 4 says this, And to the seven churches in the province of Asia, grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come. Aren't you, aren't you glad it says, and who is? It doesn't start with who was. It starts with who is. He is the present God, who, was, who is, who was, and who is to come. And from the seven spirits before his throne, and from, the, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and freed us from our sin by his blood. Can you say amen this morning? How many this morning have been, he says, he loves us and has freed us from our sin 
by his blood and has made us to be a kingdom and priest to serve his God and Father. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him and even those who pierced him and all the peoples of the earth. Can you say that with me? And all the peoples of the earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. Verse 8, I am the Alpha and Omega, says the Lord God, who is, who was, and who is to come. The Almighty. The Almighty. Aren't you glad this morning the Almighty is with us? So in the midst of pandemic, in the midst of a snowstorm in, in March, in the midst of driving through up here in the middle of the storm, he is with us. He is with us. And I want to talk to you for a few moments on where are we as a church? Where are we as a church? Father, speak to our hearts. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that is right here in this midst. Lord, that you administer to our hearts. We need you. And we speak Jesus into every area of our lives. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that you administer to us and bless us. And thank you for Pastor Doug. Thank you for this congregation. Meet every need in our lives. In the name of Jesus, that we would, we would leave here changed by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Christ's powerful name, we say amen. Amen. First of all, the first church. Would you look at me? What, is, what was the word that it says? And to that, to that church, in Revelation chapter 2 and verse number 4, he says, and I hold this against you, for you have forsaken your first love. What was the word to the church at Ephesus? He talks to the church at Ephesus, to that first church, and it's really interesting that the church at Ephesus was at one time pastored by Paul, Timothy, and John. How, that's a lineup for pastors, right? I mean, Paul, Timothy, John, somebody even say, go back to Aquinas, they were part of the, the community of leading the church at Ephesus. And Ephesus was a center for, for urban uh, sermon editor for the, for the Roman emperor. Uh, the temple of Diana was in there, a city of, of the seven wonders of the world. Ephesus was, a, was, a, in, was an incredible city, but a, ch a church that what does Paul write? He says, or actually the, the revelator John says, he holds it against you for you have forsaken your first love. What's the first word to that church was, and the word to us is to keep our love alive. If we are going to be effective walking with the Lord daily, if we're going to be disciple makers, if we're going to read our, lead our world, we need to keep our love for him alive. Our love for him. It's interesting that Paul had written to the church at Ephesus. 35 years prior to that, in Ephesians chapter 1, he tells that church, he had commended that church for a great love. For a great love for God. Isn't it easy for us to lose our love for the Lord? Isn't it? I mean, I remember uh, Gordon Lindsay, he had, he had said, you know, it's e the tendency is for fire to go out. Isn't that right? Doesn't the fire go out? What do we, any, we have, you've built campfires before, and our great Royal Ranger, fire, you know, the tendency is the fire to burn out, and that, that can happen in our heart, can it? We need to keep, keep that love alive. Keep that passion alive. Keep his, his presence. And there's all kinds of distractions around about us. There's all kinds of things, and we live in a world that's distracted. We're bombarded by, and these are the greatest blessing and the greatest curse, aren't they? I mean, they're wonderful, but aren't they? And, and I mean, 
And it's easy for us to let a lot of things just crowd out our love for the Lord. What's the basis of our relationship? Is to love Him. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and body. And love thy neighbor as ourselves. The, the next command, after loving God, He takes us to love others. But if my love for Him isn't as strong, our love for others is going to be weak. So it all comes out of our, the basis of the mission of God, the missio day is to keep our love for Him strong. I need to keep that alive. And nobody else, pastor's not responsible for that, your leader's not, I'm responsible. I'm responsible for the, for the fire in my own heart. Yeah, I knew the Lord. All right, you know, whatever. Or this morning, you're going to start a faith walk with Jesus. So it doesn't matter where we are in the journey. We can, he wants to be number one in our lives. Our love alive. What was the word to the second church? The church at Smyrna. The church at Smyrna, chapter 2 and verse number 10. He tells the church at Smyrna. Do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. And I, I will tell you, the devil will put you some in prison to test you. And you will be, suffer persecution for, my, for 10 days, but be faithful even to the point of death. And I will give you the crown of life. How many like, I mean, that's, he says, I'm going to, through persecution, prison. How many like that? I mean, you know, I mean, can we just avoid that? I mean, can we, and this interesting, it was the church of Smyrna and the church of Philadelphia were the only two of the seven churches that received great commendations. They were, they were on target, and he was encouraging them. And what was the word? And Smyrna actually means suffering. That was a part of, it was part of the perfume that they put in the anointing oil. And the crushing. The church at Smyrna was a church that had gone through great suffering. It was actually a proud city, a beautiful city. There was an amphitheater there for 20,000 seats. Caesar worship was the order of the day. And that was the part of the, that brought the church to persecution. And the church was in the midst of all kinds of persecution, all kinds of difficulty. And in fact, their pastor was Polycarp. And maybe you remember the story of Polycarp. He said, when they were getting ready to burn him at the stakes, he said, 86 years I've served my God and my king. How can I, he says, how can I, how can I reject him? How can I abandon or hurt him? And, and how can I blaspheme my king and my savior? And at that, they burned Polycarp at the, tar, at, at the burned him at the stake. The church at Smyrna had gone through suffering. Maybe you've gone through suffering. And I always say, you know, it's not if we're going to go through suffering, it's when we're going to go through suffering. Because we'll all go through situations. So we keep our love alive for him, and we will be faithful in the midst of our, our crisis in our lives. In 2015, we had been serving in Argentina. We are getting ready to come back for our itineration. We had started the church in San Isidro. We went for a physical, just a general physical. We figured we'll do it in Argentina and then we'll, we'll have that, that box done so that when we go back to the States, we can start visiting the churches. And they call us back and they said, you know, uh, you need to come back because there's something a matter. Ellen, uh, on her blood, is, is not right. And so we went back and they confirmed that she had leukemia. So there in Buenos Aires, she went through 30 days of chemotherapy. And all the, all the ramifications of that and... 
And then they say, you know, it's a type of leukemia that she's going to need a bone marrow transplant. And so went through that whole thing. And in the middle, the, my son was living in Argentina. He was his mom's donor. And I, it, was, it was very difficult, very terrible situation. We figured, Lord, Lord, we've been serving you now 27 years in Argentina. Ellen's 53 years old. We've been married for 32 years. And this is, why is this happening? And a lot of times in our lives, there's things that happen to all of us that we don't understand, do we? And I asked the Lord, I said, why? And why the situation, what do we do? What's going on? And, but the Lord, the, the, the word that the Lord spoke to our hearts is to stay in Argentina, stay faithful, keep following him. And so on the August the 19th, when, when Ellen went to be with the Lord, it shakes our world, the whole thing. And we said, why? But the Lord led us through that. And I'm thankful that the Lord allowed us to stay in Argentina because in 2018, I met Diana, and we got married in 2019. We've been married for almost two and a half years, and I'm thankful to the Lord for his faithfulness. Amen. Because he can bring beauty out of our ashes, can he? He'll bring beauty out of the situations of our lives that don't always make sense. And, and we're all going to go through situations. And the church at Smyrna went through situations. And we will go through situations. In fact, Jesus said, in the world, you will have trouble. You will have tribulations. But he said, but be of good cheer. Be happy. Because what? I have overcome the world. He is with us, church. So in the midst of our world, in the midst of all that's going on, in the midst of our, is to know that he has called us to be faithful. To be faithful. What was the word to the church at Pergamum? The Pergamus, what was the word to that church? In 2.17. 2.17, he who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manner and also of the give him of the white give him a white stone and a new name written on it known only to him who receives it what was the word to the church was to keep doctrinal purity the church at, Smyr at Pergamum actually was the capital city of Asia city of dedicated to Satan academic center 200,000 books in the library that's a lot of books they don't have the printing press like we have today and you have a library of Huge volume, but I mean, there was that city, and the word was in the midst of that. There actually, when it talks about the white, the black stone, that was a stone that was significant in in deciding in in a judicial case, in the in the difference. In, and it's interesting that in the midst of our world, that that we have all kinds of doctrines that can spin around about us. I mean, if you want to believe something, you go on the internet, you'll find somebody's preaching about that, and there's all kinds of things out there. But church. Like never before, we need to be people of the book. We need to be people of the book. We need to know what the text says and what his word says so that we don't be come straight away and let the, let the traps of the enemy, the doctrinal purity, know what God has said. And that's why we believe in planting churches. That's why we believe in starting where, where churches, where doctrinal purity, where the Holy Spirit, we can let people know that what the word of God says. 
Not because somebody told me, but I've studied the word of the Lord. And we listen to what his word is. Doctrinal purity, knowing the word of God. And the next word to that church at Thyatira was to keep pure, keep moral purity. Chapter 2 and verse number 20 tells that church, he says, Nevertheless, I'm against thee, if you are tolerated the woman, Jezebel. I remember my father. My father, actually, I was ordained in this church, and my father laid hands on me back, back in 1984. Brother Dan said, I was one year old when that happened. <laughs> Doesn't that make you feel old? You feel as old as dirt, you know? But right down here in 1984, uh, I was, was, was ordained, and my dad prayed for me and was ordained into, into the ministry right in this, in this church. And, and, my, and my dad would always call my sister, don't be a Jezebel. You know, she put on the makeup belt, put on the, you ever heard that before? Don't be a Jezebel. But what was the Jezebel? What was the spirit, the spirit of, of immorality? And don't we live in a world of immorality? Don't we live in a world that's filled with all kinds of immoral things around about us? What's the word to that is to keep moral purity, church, in the world. I like what somebody said. The world at its worst needs the church at its best. Isn't that good? The world in all its bad, in all the negative, in all the evilness around about it. And it's, in a, it's a wicked world, isn't it? I mean, it's not bad things they're teaching in school. It's, it's evil things. But we need to keep purity, keep moral purity. And, you can, and we can raise children that will serve the Lord Jesus Christ. We can raise up families. We can raise up homes. And that's what the marvelous thing about the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They not only save, it can keep us and empower us. Not just to make it through, but to live victorious in Christ. To victorious. And the word to the church at Sardis. Are you still with me? Are you still with me? Want me to end there? What? Let's hear, listen to what's the word at Sardis. Chapter 2, verse number, chapter 3, 2 says, Wake up, strengthen what remains, and is about to die. I have found your deeds complete in your sight. What was the word at Sardis? The church, the word was to stay or keep dependent on the Spirit. We need the power of the Holy Spirit, church. We had a missionary in Argentina many years ago, and her name was Pansy Blossom. How would you like that name? Yeah, this is Pansy Blossom, you know. And Pansy had been a missionary in, in, in China. When the door closed to China, she went from China to Peru, and she served as a missionary in Peru. And when the door closed in Peru, she came to Argentina. I, I, you know, don't you like that people that just don't give up? You know, weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. They, you know, they knock them. You know, the, and and she, she came to Argentina, and she was a single missionary, and her goal was to re lead Jewish people to faith in Jesus Christ. And so Pansy Blossom, in fact, uh, we, were at a, we were at a Thanksgiving dinner, and they said to the, there was a, a new missionary just arrived in Argentina. And they were mainline denomination. They, she said, what, they said to her, Pansy, what would you give to us as, as advice, new missionaries? And she said, don't leave Jerusalem till you've been endued with power from on high. I mean, it's clear. Stay dependent on the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know about you, church, but I need the power of the Holy Spirit 
as much as they did at the day of Pentecost, we need, if we are going to complete the mission of winning our world, the missile day of God, we need to keep and remain empowered by the Holy Spirit. Endue with power. I mean, we're not just talking at kids camp. We're not just talking at one service. But we need to be filled and be being filled with the Spirit of God. We need the Holy Spirit. We need a hunger for the Holy Spirit. We need a desire for His Spirit. And this pray in tongues and this speak in tongues. And to pray over our children and pray over our grandchildren. And pray in the name of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit, that His enduement of power would be upon them as well. The power of the Holy Spirit. The church had lost that power. That church at Sardis had, had become de- independent, had been dependent upon their, their own strength. The church was filled with Christians in name only. The city was a rich city, filled with sins, and the church had been, was filled with self-sufficient and complacent people. Isn't it easy to become complacent? Complacent. And so then the word to the church at Philadelphia was to them in 3, 7, and 8. You said, is this going to get any better? I mean, we're going from, for, but what's he say to that church at Philadelphia? He says in chapter, in chapter 3, 7, he says, I have opened. Part of the word says that what he opens, no one can shut. These are the words of him who is holy and true and holds the key of David. And what he opens, no one can shut. And when he shuts, no one can open. I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. And I know you have a little strength, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Open doors. You know, the church of Philadelphia was a missionary church. Grace Assembly, a missionary church. A church that looked out to the world. I mean, that was those two churches, George Smyrna and the church of Philadelphia, were the only commendations. Because he said, I set before you an open door. I'll look at, you know, it's interesting. That was the only church that survived. It actually, it went into the Moravians almost a thousand years later. The Moravians was a part of, of the church going all the way back to the church at Philadelphia. Open doors. God's given us open doors. And God's going to continue to open up opportunities for the sharing of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have been privileged to serve and plant churches and see those churches. We planted uh, churches all over in Argentina, then the church planting ministry for the country, and then this church in San Isidro. And our goal is to plant a church a year. And our church there in San Isidro, we, we support 17 missionaries, as I, I may have already mentioned, in, in various countries of the world. And we believe it's the mission of God. And I want you to pray. We have an open door. Can I share with you just for a few moments about Sunny Sea, that what we're believing? I mentioned we have 300,000 people in our community. In our building, when we purchased, uh, they, you'll see on the slide, if we go to the first slide, it, it only seats about 100 people. And, and that's the outside of the, the, the front shot of it. And we'll go to the next picture. You can just go through these a little bit quicker. That's our inside, the kids' ministry. It's packed upstairs, and the church is just filling. So we, we said, oh, what are we going to do? We went to two services, and now we're getting ready to go to third. And that's a big outreach. Every year we do a big outreach. We cut off the two streets and do like a, a big street party. And uh, that was one of our baptismal services. And uh, just, just being salt and light in the community. Um, and it's been, a, it's been marvelous. So we were praying and said, God, you got to give us something a little bit bigger. Kind of like your problem, right? As a church, you know, we need something bigger. It's like your shoes are getting too tight. I remember when I was a little kid, I was, I was a third boy, and they always get handy, hand-me-downs. 
you know, it's hard to shoes, you know, that you're, you're, get your feet like this, you know, you can't, you can't grow. And that's what the church can be to, if it doesn't have the size. And so that's a part of our growth there. And, and so we prayed and we walked up the street and I saw this, this huge building right there. You could see it in the slide. And it's a gymnasium already built one block away. It's a quarter of a city block right up the street from us. And we can have a church in there for six to 800 people. And we said, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. That's all the good news. But what's the bad news? You know, it's like the guy said, I got good news, bad news, and, and good news. He said, you know, the good news is the pastor said, you know, he said, the bad news is our roof leaks of the church. He said, but the bad news, we don't have the money. But he said, the good news, he said, but the good news is we've got the money. He said, we got the money. But he said, the bad news is the money's in your pockets. And so, you know, that's, uh, he said, how are we going to get that? And I said, Lord, you know, this is amazing. And I said, God, how can we get the heart of San Isidro? 300,000 is right almost by, we have a water tank right up the street, right in the heart. We said, how could, this is amazing that we didn't even see this building. And the Lord, and that was, and so we said, this is, and in fact, there's all kinds of stuff going on. It was like, there's temple stuff in there, and I won't go into all the detail. We said, we need, to, we need that building for the Lord. And so when they told us the price tag, you know, they said it's 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 a million dollars, a million. We've planted a lot of churches, done a lot of things, but that's like a big bite, you know. And it's like they said. So I said, I said, Lord, what are you doing? The Lord said, Well, how are you gonna how do you eat the elephant and a little bit at a time? So I felt like the Lord spoke to our heart to break it down into into pieces of two hundred units of five thousand dollars that are pieces. And, and so he said, that's a little bit more doable, you know, that we can do that. And so that represents each one of those little dots. The blue dots are completed. Can you say amen? amen. Praise the Lord. And since that time, we have another 10 units. So we have 90 of the 200. So how many are going to pray with us for the other 110? Why? Not, and it's not about the buildings. I mean, we need buildings, right? But it's about the people, and, and we showed the baptism, and there was a, in the middle of the pandemic, a young couple, we had dedicated their baby to the Lord, in the middle of the pandemic, they were far away from God, he was a, his, grew up in a home, didn't know God, atheist home, Sebastian found Jesus as his savior, his wife Antonella, and in October of this past year, they were water baptized, they were living together, and they got married the end of October. You see, that's what it's all about. It's lives transformed by the power of Jesus. Guys, you want to give the Lord a hand and let's give praise to him. Thank him. Hallelujah. The Lord is still at work, church. Philadelphia has open doors and the Lord has going to give us open doors. Let's walk through those open doors. What was the last word? I wish we could just end on that note, right? That's great, you know. Ah, you know, it's great. But then he tells the church at Laodicea, what? 3.15 to 17. He says, I know your deeds that you are neither cold nor hot. And I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. Don't you like the Bible? The Bible is so graphic, you know? And look at what he, then he goes on to say, and you say, I'm rich. Wow. I have acquired wealth. You know, I don't need God. I don't need all this stuff. And he said, you rich indeed. You need everything. He says, you don't. He said, they say, we don't need anything. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, 
blind and naked. It's when we think we have it all or we can do it all. We don't need him. And what's the word to that church? Actually, Laodicea, you know, the waters came from one community. Warm got to Laodicea and they were lukewarm. And the cold water came from, from Colossia and down into, well, it was cold water, got down to, when it got to Laodicea, it was lukewarm, all the water coming in. And what was the word to that church? A very rich banking, medical, academic, textile center had become compromising the word of God. But the word was, to that church was to keep the fire, come back to the fire. And that's what we need today, don't we? We need the fire of the Holy Spirit in every area of our lives. We start with the love. Lord, give us a fresh love for you. Seems like a lot, doesn't it? Wow, there's all kinds. But it's the simple things, isn't it? Keep our love strong. Keep faithful to the Lord. Our doctrinal purity, moral purity, dependent on the Holy Spirit. A faithful church walking through the doors. Come as the church of Philadelphia, a missions church. Why? Why was this? What does it go? What did Jesus say? And what, is, what do we see into the word? The word of God says, look, I'm coming with the clouds and every eye will see him. Even those who pierced him and all the peoples of the earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. And he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord, who, who is, who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. The Almighty is here. And he's given to us, where, are, where am I? Where are we? And Lord, help us to be your church. Be your church. Father, we thank you for your word to our hearts. And we open up our hearts and our minds to your Holy Spirit. Lord, we need you this morning. We are dependent upon you. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you would set a fire in our hearts. Lord, if there is someone here this morning that is several that have been just brought here and didn't even know why you came, Lord, I thank you that you know why they're here, and, and Lord, you have a purpose for them. And Lord, we pray that they would open their heart to you. Would you just open your heart to him? Just in your way, in your words. Simple. The Bible says that all sin and come short of the glory of God. But he said if, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just. We're all separated from God. We're all unrighteous. We're all naked. We're all wicked. But this morning, the Holy Spirit is calling you to open your heart to him. Would you just open your heart to him and make a, a prayer of confession? Admit your sin, believe on the Lord, and confess him. Maybe you want to follow this short prayer and just say, Dear Jesus, I confess you as my personal Savior and the Lord of my life. I give my heart to you, Jesus. Lord, I followed my dream long enough. Now I want to follow your dream. Maybe you're at home. Maybe you're online. Maybe you're right here in this sanctuary. But you'll just say, Lord, I need you. And thank you for coming into my heart and transforming me. How many of us this morning would say, Lord, I want a fresh love for you? I'm with you. 
How many this morning would lift your hand and say, Lord, I need a fresh love for you and a less a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit on my life. And I want to walk with you. Would you lift your hands as we pray this morning? Father, we love you. We thank you this morning. We are needy people. We are needy people. And we need you like never before. And we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would empower us and quicken us. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you are drawing us. And you are the Christ. And you are building your church in our hearts. So we open our hearts to a fresh touch of your Holy Spirit. Empower us. Empower us anew. We love you. Would you just thank him as Pastor Jeff comes? Amen. Are you encouraged today? Do you feel that challenge to go into all the world and preach the gospel? For some of you who are here, maybe you didn't, uh, you didn't know why you came. And you haven't been a follower of Christ. I'm going to have the uh, prayer team come on forward. And if that was you today, we have people here that would love to talk to you about what it looks like to be a follower of Christ. So would you consider to come on forward and pray with one of these individuals? But before you do, I have a challenge for you today. We believe at this church of going from locally to globally, pursuing every heart with the love of Jesus Christ. And one of the ways that we can do that is not only having ministry here at this church, but we partner with missionaries like Rocco and Diana as they go and accomplish the work that God has called them to do in Argentina. And wouldn't it be great if all of those units are filled so that God could continue to work? Wouldn't it be great that God provided above and beyond that so they could do even more? And so ways that we could partner with them is by our giving. And so in the seat pockets in front of you and out into the foyer, there are envelopes that you could drop in a check, you could drop in, a, you could drop in cash, and you mark on that envelope, Rocco and, and Diana DiTrolio, and mark that on there, and we'll make sure that that gets into that very important ministry's hands. If you don't have cash and if you don't have checks, then we can go, you can give online and you can find that in the QR code in front of you. Just scan that. It will direct you to our online giving page. Just designate it, special missions offering. We believe that God is doing a work here in Syracuse. We believe that there is a revival that is taking place and God is calling us to preach the gospel here in Syracuse. But guess what? We can partner with people where there's going to be a revival that breaks out all throughout Argentina. So will you pray with me? Let's pray for them. God, we pray for the Detrolios right now. God, we pray for supernatural provision in Jesus' name. God, I pray that you would bring forth the floodgates of finances that goes above and beyond what they have already asked and so that they can continue to move forward in more and more things. God, we pray for your protection, God. 
We pray that as they travel all throughout the state and even into New England and beyond, we pray, God, that you would give them traveling mercies, that they would be safe, that they would feel comfortable, that they that you would even give them the moment of where they can continue to preach the gospel to strangers as they go. God, we thank you for their call on uh, the, 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 their call to minister the gospel all to the ends of the earth. And we pray, God, for souls to come into the kingdom. We pray that there would be souls that would come into the kingdom, that lives would be set free, that the addicteds, uh, the addictions would be broken, that depression would be broken, and that there would be this sense of hope and confidence that can only come because you have given them life and life more abundantly. God, we pray that you would protect their marriage, that they would grow closer and closer to one another as they grow closer to you. God, I pray that they would leave this place feeling invigorated, knowing that there are people here at Grace Assembly that are daily going to be lifting them up in prayer. God, we thank you for what you have called us to do. We thank you that we can have these partnerships. And we ask for your blessing on this ministry in Jesus' name. Amen. If you need prayer today, please come forward to anyone here at the front. I want to encourage you, check out the Detrolio's uh, table out in the foyer. There's lots of things on there, including a devotional by Ellen that, has, that, that she wrote a devotional. So check that out as well. Say hi to Rocco and Diana. They'll love to talk to you. If, you. if you feel free to go today, then be blessed in Jesus' name. I hope to see a lot of you here on uh, uh, tonight as we will not only pray for our missionaries, but we'll pray for uh, everything that is happening all over the globe. God bless you. Go in Jesus' name.